you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Good Morning Football, presented by Best Buy, live in New York City, Friday, August 18th. It's Peter Schrager's perfect day. Perfect day. The cast of characters, his supporting cast, his assistants, if Let's you go. will, at his perfect day. Jamie Erdahl, Kyle Brandt, Jason McCourty, and then Mr. Perfection himself, Peter Schrager. It's a team sport. We all have to do this together. Appreciate that. We have a bunch of new viewers because you left it on overnight watching yes. that horrendous Browns-Eagles game. You woke up this morning, and I promise you the best show of my career, and I think my three colleagues are ready to go. The producers are dialed in. I've already eaten Old Trapper beef jerky. I've already mm. w- bought everything from Best Buy, mm. and Rocket Mortgage mm. is getting me going, so I'm mm. ready to go. Let's do it. All right, that's the, the first batter. You just struck him out. Peter, Ooh, you're right. Yeah. Don't that was clean. You had a haircut, Ooh. a shower, and a shave. Oh, I've had shaggy hair and a beard all summer. Shave, haircut, looking sharp. Let's go. I Peter's like on fire. Monochromatic look 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 I'm into it. Here we uh, go. All right. Sometimes you got to give up the ball, though, to have yep. the perfect game. Time for the lead block, Kyle. Time for the lead block. For that, we go to Athens, Georgia. No, you might think it is, yeah. but it's actually Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. It's basically Taylor Swift and Dorian Thompson-Robinson only in the summer of mm. 2023. Strong performance for DTR, as they're calling him. And, folks, we have a tie. No Ooh. overtime. Thank God. <laughs> but our own rebirth caught up with the man of the summer, DTR. Go get it. Here with Dorian Thompson-Robinson for the Browns. This is your third preseason game. You started this one getting a lot of looks. How comfortable are you starting to feel out there? Super comfortable. Um, I think it's an a ongoing process with just uh, week to week, day to day. Trying to stay in my book, trying to stay around my teammates and making sure that uh, I get all the questions asked early on so I can come out and perform on uh, days like today. You have one more preseason game. In that fourth one, what else are you hoping to showcase about yourself and being a quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, just uh, showing the coaching staff and as well as the rest of the team that I'm dependable, trustable whenever if, you know, whoever goes down or whatever it is, that I can step in there and kind of fulfill that role. So Fun to watch. Thanks, Dorian. No, no thank you, guys. Oh, he looks the part. He's talking about the part. That's Dorian Thompson-Robinson. What else do we take away as preseason week two uh, kicks off? But it, that game ends in a tie, Peter. Uh, what else stood out to you? I think his play st- stood out, but I think his play and how he is a very unique talent for a guy who's going to be considered a number two or number three in the league. I want to go through some of the stuff that this guy's doing right now, and we always have preseason heroes, but the passing game is there. He played the entire first half, and DTR was throwing the rock. He was doing it in a nice way. Obviously, he had the touchdown pass, and he's got the ability to move. But, like, the passing game here to Tillman, the two of these guys have something going on this mm-hmm. summer where we saw it in the Hall of Fame game. We saw it last week. And he looks really poised in the pocket. Remember, when we talked about who is this guy, DTR is the single you know, record holder of just about every important statistic for quarterbacks at UCLA. So it's no fluke. But then you've got the physicality, all right? The running game is great. The blocking game, and it always seems to be with Demerick Felton, his teammate from UCLA. This is a quarterback. 
I don't think we get this often. There's a toughness. You know what he reminds me of a little bit? And this is a very high praise because the guy might be the MVP this year. Reminds me of the quarterback on the other side of the ball. Like a little Jalen bit. The Hurts. way Jalen Hurts uses his physicality uh-huh. and is able to throw his body around there and is mobile. This is high praise. Look, right now he's fighting Kellen Mond for the number two spot. Yeah. Josh Dobbs didn't play last night. Obviously, Watson didn't play last night. Like, I, I'm not into hyperbole. I get it. We know not everyone's going to be the greatest player ever. And to say he played like Jalen Hurts. But yeah. there's a certain confidence in the way that team feeds off him that it's just the preseason. But I can tell talent when I see talent. That guy is an NFL player. And I'm really enjoying this summer getting to know what he can do on the NFL level. As soon as he gets in the game, something electric happens. Mm-hmm. Now, DTR, like, let's stop throwing our shoulder in there and making blocks. Like, let's let's stay healthy. But for a guy, like you said, trying to earn his roster spot has been fun to watch. And another guy on his team trying to earn a roster spot is Ronnie Hickman. And this is a guy out of Ohio State. He has three interceptions in the last six days. It's not like, all right, he just had one good game. This guy's going out there and he is making plays. A local kid to us here growing up in Orange, New Jersey, went to DePaul Catholic, goes Ohio State makes a few plays. He already has as many interceptions in a preseason than he did in college. And somehow or another, he keeps getting his hands on the football. And that's what it's about this time of the year. It's every opportunity you go out there is a chance to make a play and impress the coaches. And for Ronnie Hickman, whether Jacoby Brissett's chucking one up at the end of the half, you go up there and get it. Someone can say it's a lollipop. Mariota threw one to him last night, but you have to be the guy to make the catch, to make the play. And that has been Ronnie Hickman for this team as a young safety this one was impressive. Going out there, getting the ball. It's been fun to watch because this is a time where guys step up, make plays. DTR on the offensive mm. side, showing them what he can do. Ronnie Hickman on the opposite side, making plays. I'm so glad we highlighted those two young men as well as N'Kobe Dean in the highlight. I thought him coming yeah. at the goal line, forcing that fumble was awesome for mm-hmm. him, especially yeah. wearing the green dot for the Eagles defense. You know, it's a little, um, it's hard to watch some of these preseason games because you're watching the Open, you're so excited, it's on NFL Network, and then you see Jalen Hurts in street clothes. You're like, dang it, I just want to yeah. see him play. I want sure it to do. be the real thing. Well, that's going to be a change when you watch the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs on Saturday night. Um, Their starters, they don't need the work, right? But apparently Andy Reid had something else to say about that yesterday. As far as the playtime goes for this coming game, the ones will go for a half and then we'll mix in the twos and threes in the third and fourth quarter. And obviously there's things that happen, you know, during the game where don't hold me completely accountable for all that if we pull people out, you know, whatever. The ones will go for a half. Full half. Patrick Mahomes, wow. Travis Kelsey for a half. Andy Reid making sure he sees work out of his starters in week two of the preseason fire when they take on the Arizona Cardinals. Kyle, thoughts? I, when I hear he say they're going for a half, I'm going, half a drive? It makes me nervous. It really does. You ever see those uh, those techniques that they had to teach children how to swim by just throwing them in the pool? Yeah. In Crazy. Like They're like immersion teachers. <laughs> they take two-year-olds and just chuck yeah. them. They got to survive. I, if anybody else, I would say, are you crazy? What are you doing? These guys can just run their operation how they want. And I'm talking about Andy and Patrick and Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Five of the last six games Mahomes has played in for the preseason, preseason games. He plays. I'll also just point out, I think it's worth pointing out, Mahomes' record in week one is five and bleeping oh. He shows up ready. He does not lose week one games. He's sharp. Is it a risk? Hell yes. Last week in some ridiculous game, he was running. <laughs> I'm like, Pat, 
You're the league, buddy. We, we need you. We, there's no one we can afford to lose. And so the elephant in the room is that, yeah, of course, there's an injury risk, but they have a system there. It ends in Super Bowls and parades <laughs> and showing up at the draft with the Lombardi Trophy. Go ahead. Why not play him four quarters plus overtime, Andy? It's your it's your world. I'm just going to be nervous as hell, Peter. Uh, and, you, and that's a fair thing. And then last year, I remember we were watching, and he did this last year, and Mahomes was just throwing balls to everyone and everyone. And it's like, why are they in the game? Justin Watson's having a catch yeah. in the back end zone last year. Uh, Valdez Scantling was yeah. making plays. I don't know, Peter, in the opening of the show, I think Dorian Thompson Robinson was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I understand, but guess what? All that hyperbole, all stuff, this is the real deal, and they want to be fine-tuned. You know, they got week one against the Lions on Thursday night. They're going to be ready to go. I doubt they'll play much in the third game, but full half is a lot. One thing I would say, Blaine Gabbard is their backup quarterback. There isn't like a battle where it's like, let's throw out two young guys and see who wins that job. It's almost like Mahomes can play because we already know our number two as well. It's not mm-hmm. going to be suddenly some battle between him and Bouchelle. I think it's Gabbard then Bouchelle, and they're going to let Mahomes go, and then those guys will handle the second half. Yeah, it's always an interesting approach of how each coach handles the preseason. I look at the Chiefs. They haven't had any joint practices, and I know throughout my career, years where you'd have maybe one or two joint practices, you'd barely play in the preseason because you're getting a lot of opportunities against another team, especially in practice where you're kind of showcasing more than the game where everybody gets the footage. The Bears said that Justin Fields is not playing in this week because he had a lot of reps against the Colts in practice. They're like, we're good. But that's not what the Chiefs are saying. Hmm. And those reps in practice, like for Justin Fields, they're throwing all kind of blitzes mm-hmm. and looks at him because you're not afraid of putting it on tape where now all 31 other teams can now watch it and see and dissect what you're doing. So I understand that approach because you have to at some point go against somebody in the preseason other than mm-hmm. your teammates. So, like you said, I mean, Andy Reid and the Chiefs has been the standard. Yeah. So, if they can play for a half, I'm not saying it's the only formula that works, but it damn mm-hmm. sure does work. So, would, I'm okay with it. I would think, too, that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they must have a second language by now where he puts out the twos, he puts out some threes, some guys who are trying to make the team offensively. And maybe after the game, Mahomes goes to coach and is like, this guy has a feel for it. I have a feel mm-hmm. with this guy. Like, he mm-hmm. needs to see it in game action to know that players that we don't even know yet, but we're going to be talking about him in Week 15. Where did this guy come from? Mahomes could be like, remember preseason Week 2? I felt it in the in the Maybe second so. quarter against the Cardinals. It's it, as a fan watching preseason games with stars playing in them is so scary and weird. It's a strange mm-hmm. watching. It's, it's like a Final Destination movie or something. Like you know, <laughs> you know. that something might happen, but yeah. you're kind of hoping, hoping it, it doesn't. doesn't. It's a thrill ride. For you can't sure. not watch. You don't want to blink. I know exactly. I like to uh, see him against the Lions Week One. Gotta watch Kakoa Crawford. That's their like fifth season. Here we go. Make it Kakoa Crawford. Kakoa Crawford. Preseason week Kakoa, you know. Kakoa Crawford. I don't know uh, Kakoa Crawford. Peter, I'll buy you a second. Uh, week two continues Cindy's tonight. Cindy's going to see. So, uh, exactly. Uh, we're going to see, like, guys, Kakoa Crawford, Bryce Young uh, from the Chiefs and the Panthers head to, into MetLife to take on the Giants. That's 7 p.m. Eastern on your home for the 2023 preseason, the NFL Network. But still to come on our show, Peter is one for one. We've got another oh. full slate of preseason games this weekend. Which players should be on your watch list? Oh, Peter, now now you come to play. Top five. This is what you got to be watching. Do you think the Kakoa Crawford mention was a strike? Was that over the plate? Did you put something no, on base? I feel like that one was a little was outside, and I swung, swung for it. So okay. it's like aggressive. Was it like a tip? I, 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 right. it off. Plus, it's only the preseason. <laughs> Still at bat. The word panic is coming up at Jets camp. This is so fun. I love you, New York Jets, but people are freaking out already, and it's August. We'll get into it right after this. There are Kakoa Crawford jerseys being sold. Mm. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. 
and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good morning, football! I guess it's a given, you know, New York, panic. But uh, I think individually we have a really good good set of guys. You know, all of them can play football. It's just, it's just becoming a unit. I don't think anyone in here is panicked. Coaches are always in panic mode. That's just the way we're, we're wired. We always want things done now. But you also understand when you when you look at the global view of it all, there's guys coming back from injury. There's a lot of growth happening. There's a lot of really good things happening. When I turned on the tape yesterday, I, there, there was a lot of really good stuff on tape. And then today, today was a good practice for those guys. But uh, in the building, no one's panicking. The message is still the same. We've got plenty of time. We're going to figure it out. Best five will play and we'll get it done. Let's go! It's the second we call. We in or we out. We decide whether we agree or we disagree. Just heard from Robert Sala, the coach of the Jets. A little bit more context here. They played the Buccaneers in a joint practice on Wednesday. And from all the local New York Jets beat reporters, the Buccaneers defensive line just kicked the Jets offensive line's butts. Uh, it was on the cover of the New York Post yeah. yesterday. Saying what? Oh, uh, that old line? Well, like yeah. it's, it's And the Bucs, they had the Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp <laughs> yeah, and Booger McFarlane. They were all out they there. They were all out there. Wow, that's tough then. Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Jets uh, for the Athletic, had this for a drive that was going on between two. Rodgers, sack, sack, quick completion to Garrett Wilson, quick quick completion to Alan Lazard, sack, sack, in the center six plays. So that was the panic and fervor. Yesterday, the Jets practiced on their own. Salah said it went better. It's preseason, but I will put this out there. We're talking Dalvin Cook and the Jets are yeah, rolling. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> Statement is this. Do you agree or disagree? The Jets should address their offensive line issues before we even start the season in week one and they go get a guy. We in or we out, Jason? Oh, go get a guy. Um, address the O-line issues. Yes, I think they do. How they address them, go get a guy. I mean, it is, what, week three of the preseason? I just don't know where they're going to get this help. I don't know who's out there, who's available. Eric Fisher, you're going out there. Maybe a Jason Peters, you're going out there yeah. just trying to grab a guy and throw him in the system. I don't know if that's the case. I look at the Jets' offensive line, and it's just like, Makai Becton, like, let's go. He's been going with the second team. Throw him out there. He's a guy that they drafted high, that they've had high hopes for, that hasn't lived up to the expectations, has gone through injuries. Got to let him go with the first team and see what he can do. I think right now for these New York Jets, it's not a developmental phase anymore. Aaron Rodgers there. You got to get the best five in front of them and see what they can do. As I listen to Robert Sala on that talk, he's like, we have guys, and they can play football. That's one hell of a description for an NFL player. They can play football. For them, Aaron Rodgers has said it. We have to figure out some type of continuity. And right now, we watched episode two of Hard Knocks. Rodgers was frustrated against the Panthers. Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about the Buccaneers. They go against one of the best defensive lines in football every day with their own teammates. This seems like the only thing that can hold the Jets back to this all-star roster that they have. I love Salah, and I always love Rodgers. Then why is this story so entertaining to me? I'm sitting here giggling about it. <laughs> and it's not a football thing. It's, it's a, media a media thing. thing. Yeah. It's just like, the, I, I feel like... It's also the, a Jets fan. Oh, like, for sure. Glutton for But those folks at the Post and everything, they're, they're just these bugs that have been swarming around the team, and they're trying to find an entry point. And I feel like the O-line was like the one part of their body they didn't spray with the deep woods off. <laughs> and they just found it, and they're just stinging and biting and sucking blood. And it's a tough one, because to your point, yeah, the running back position might need help or this you go get a safety you go get a running back mm -hmm. to find like plug and play starting offensive lineman <laughs> there's not a guy sitting there you're saying Jason Peters who has become the Jeff George gun for hire name like just bring in Jason Peters yeah. off the couch and he'll play 
it's an unbelievable thing because Sal is saying, we have some guys who are playing. We're going to get to that point where it's like, look, yeah, our D-line's pretty good. A lot of people are going to have their hands full with it. Yeah, but every 10 seconds, they can't be yelling out sack when they go against Rodgers. It's like they have the, the best jockey in the world and the horse can't run. I don't care how good Rodgers <laughs> is. What are we doing? I don't think you can address the O-line. I don't think it works that way. I think they have to play better. I think they have to coach better. And then it's like we're going to have to start scheming around it. It's early, and maybe it's nothing, and maybe they show up against Buffalo and nobody touches Rodgers, or maybe there's an actual problem, which would be a sad. I want this thing to work. So the answer is should they? They can't. They yeah. can only play better. I'm in on this, but it's not about going and getting a guy because yeah. Salah said like it's about building the unit together. I looked up some corporate strategies for team building. Okay. Here's the top three options you can have. Try a compliment circle. Everyone sits together, wow. and you turn to your partner, okay. and you compliment each other that would create a cohesive <laughs> unit next count to 20 everyone has to go at random but if you oh, overstep this. each other if you interrupt one another not good team building <laughs> and lastly solve a puzzle it can be any kind of puzzle but specifically in new york they have these places called escape rooms oh, yeah. i think oh, yeah. change the name to panic room but the entire offensive line and aaron Rodgers in it you have to get out and i think that would set you up well for week one so it. i'm in on addressing it i love it jamie it's great uh you know they did draft like a center in the Good second work. round it's not like they didn't draft anyone. Joe Tipman at Wisconsin was drafted. He was the one with the long hair at the rookie the rookie show that was trying to do an app. And mm. Not successful there. Um, and they also got one out of Pitt in Carter Warren. Those guys aren't necessarily going to lead the team as rookies. The only name that has been floating around in jet circles and on Reddit, and Rodgers tags him in every single uh, Instagram. Oh. oh, yeah. Do you make a play for David Bakhtiari? And if you are the Packers, would you ever do that favor to Rodgers? That's yeah. the question. Do no. you offer something for Bakhtiari and say, let's just get him one more guy? I know. And, and then you say that they would take a cap hit or whatever. No. I, I don't care if, we, if, if they would give $20 million to the Packers to take him off his hands. We're not sending him to Rodgers. <laughs> Hell no, we're not doing that. Would no. you? I don't know. I don't know. This is one of those deals where if the Packers are saying we can fleece the Jets for draft picks for Bakhtar with that salary, mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, here's a life hack from uh, your advice guy, Peter Schrager. Put on NFL Network. Put it on right now. Put it on. Leave it on. Take the remote control, bury it under the couch. Like, just just hide it from everybody. Do not turn the TV off. Leave it on because... Just break it. There's a full weekend of preseason games right here on NFL Network. So as we enter the second week of games, it's a lot of names you might not know. I'm going to give you five storylines to track. So you are the smartest person at the office water cooler Monday when you come in and say, hey, here is the hot topic and here are my takes. Here's what you're going to watch this week. Number five, we're starting off... Maybe the biggest topic on the West Coast, the number two quarterback battle in San Francisco. We know that Brock Purdy's the one, but this guy's getting the start. That is Sam Darnold getting the start in this weekend's game for the San Francisco 49ers. That made news because he got the start over Trey Lance. Darnold played well last week against the Raiders. Niners are going out there again, and they're going to let these guys play. There has been no determination whether it has been Darnold or Lance who's the number two. And you might say, we're really talking about backup quarterbacks? Yep. These are two former number three overall picks <laughs> fighting to be a backup quarterback for a team whose starting quarterback, knock on every piece of whatever, just hasn't had a great history of staying sturdy throughout the season. So, Lance, Darnold, can one of these guys go and grab that number two job and put the other guy in the crucible and say, am I making this team? What is happening here? Lance and Darnold, that's what I'm watching for. 49ers going to be on the NFL Network. Let's go to number four. Who else do we got? How about my guy up in New England, Jason McCourty? Let's talk Malik Cunningham. Please do. Malik Cunningham shows up on a a preseason game last Thursday, and everyone's like, who is that guy? Undrafted out of Louisville, Malik Cunningham played both quarterback and wide receiver in the game. 
He played 14 plays, okay? And in that, he played 75 yards. And in that game, he did both positions, which makes you wonder, do Belichick and Bill O'Brien have something up their sleeve with this guy? Is there another way they can use him than just being a fourth quarterback or a third quarterback? Okay, go on. Malik Cunningham, 19 passing yards, 34 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown. I did the research, mm-hmm. personally. I went into it in like the next-gen stats. Nice, Peter. Taysom Hill is the only player in the NFL to play more than 10 snaps last year at quarterback and wide receiver. Can that be Malik Cunningham this season for the mm-hmm. Patriots? Obviously, we want to see everyone on the field for the Patriots that we can get. Malik Cunningham and how they use him. Mm. Patriots have not had an exciting offense in years. This guy might be electric. All right. Let's see how they use Malik Cunningham in the preseason game. Number three, we talked about it in the second segment of the show, but gosh, is it juicy here in New York. The Jets' offensive line got destroyed <laughs> by the Buccaneers in these joint practices. How will the Jets' offensive line handle this Tampa Bay pass rush on Saturday night? Let me also add another wrinkle to this. The Buccaneers, candidly, not thrilled how this whole thing went down. They thought they were practicing with the Jets twice when they agreed to this in March. Okay. They thought they would get them in Wednesday and get them in Thursday. Just to put it in perspective here, the Buccaneers showed up in suburban New Jersey to stay at a hotel that houses 100 different guys on Tuesday in August in 90-degree humidity. Not New York City, not Jersey City, not Hoboken. Suburban New Jersey where the Jets facility is. They have been there since Tuesday. They got a two-hour practice with the Jets, and they will be leaving Saturday night at 11 p.m. You think they're a little angry right now? Do you think they're a little angry? The Jets canceled practice on Thursday, meaning that there was only one two-hour practice. They got a chance. Bucks defense is going to be coming for the Jets. The Jets offensive line. There's a lot of criticism about them at, at practices. And then yesterday, Salah said, we are much better than that. Aaron Rodgers, all these Super Bowl dreams, doesn't happen if he's not protected. Mm-hmm. Let's see how the Jets O-line handles a, uh, let's just say, perturbed Tampa Bay defense <laughs> coming after them on Saturday night. Number two, this is a fun one. We're going to stay with Tampa Bay. We don't know who their starting quarterback is yet. Kyle Trask has looked really good in training camp. And Baker Mayfield hasn't been as sharp when we've seen him. And then, you know, last week, through that touchdown pass, we're like, all right, Baker's good. We assume Baker's the starter? It hasn't been announced yet, and Todd Bowles is not showing his cards. What if Kyle Trask comes out and just starts lighting up the Jets? And now you have to really think about things. Do we just go with Trask right away? Trask versus Baker, it's one of the only real quarterback battles. I know Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett are going at it also. This is what I'm watching for because the Jets' defense is very good, and I think you're going to see a lot of opportunity for Kyle Trask to seize that job. Trask versus Mayfield. We got a true quarterback controversy. Jets, Buccaneers, Saturday night. But the number one thing to watch for, the number one player to keep an eye on. We got. I want to see the Russell Wilson experience again because yeah, Russell's no. going to be out there. He's going to be there. Sean Payton said it again. Starters are playing. Javante Williams is going to be on the field. Mm. Jerry Judy's going to be on the field. All the guys play. Russell kind of didn't have the greatest debut in preseason. Was under pressure 12 different times from. Not exactly the 78 Steelers from the Arizona Cardinals, uh, number two. So let's see how Russell Wilson fares. They've got another preseason game this weekend. I will be watching to see if he's more comfortable, if the offensive line protects him better, and if Russ can really just put this thing to bed and be like, we're good, we got this going. There's no hysteria or panic in Denver just yet, but I would like to see Russell Wilson just light it up. It's the preseason. Let's do it. Let's see this Sean Payton offense. 
Here are five things to watch for this weekend. Keep an eye on all these. Just some storylines. Mm -hmm. Some things to say, why would I watch a preseason game? Be the smartest person in the room. Know the topics and know what they're buzzing about in those local markets. Jason. Peter, immediately hand up. Immediate hand up. Tell me again. The Jets and the Bucks practiced on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Someone came into a meeting room and just said, not showing up tomorrow. And Couple whose days. decision was that? All right. So from what it sounds like, the Jets and Bucks agreed to have a joint practice back in March. Mm-hmm. Earlier this week, the Jets decided, let's let's not do the second practice. There's going to be fights. It's going to be hysteria. The second practice is no good. The Buccaneers agreed to that. So that makes sense. Okay. But there is some still lingering feelings saying, maybe we shouldn't have made this trip at all. What was the point for us? As, Get some work in. Is the Buccaneers. So the Buccaneers went to the Giants facility yesterday and practice there while the Jets practice against themselves on Thursday. Crazy interdynamics and it's all going to work out in the wash, but let's just say the Buccaneers, not everybody there was thrilled with how it went down. Well, I'm sure Todd Bowles doesn't want to hang around the Jets facility any longer than he wants yeah, to. Yeah, that's exactly. true. Exactly. Good point. Yeah. Guess what? They don't want to pay New Jersey taxes for the five days they're here either, which they will be. <laughs> and let me just assure you, Peter doesn't just spit in the wind and find out what, like... Peter talks from a place of knowledge. (laughs) And I happen to know that the Buccaneers and Jets are two teams for with which he is very connected with. Peter, this is basically you're just telling us all facts. And when Peter says things like, let's just say they weren't too perturbed. Someone's furious. I'm not going to name names, but like Peter is is a reporter. It could be the players. It could be the staff. It could be whoever. Let's just say. They didn't didn't necessarily need six days in suburban New Jersey and 100 degree heat away from their families for a two hour practice. Why does suburban New Jersey have to catch strays on I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) It ain't exactly South Beach. It's pretty pretty accurate. They're coming from Tampa. To your point, when you travel up, you you need two joint practice. To go out there for one day, if I'm a guy who had a bad practice and I don't get my get back on the next day, I'm coming from Tampa is just like, well, I have to take it out this weekend in the game because I didn't get a chance to go with go. guys on that second day of practice. Here we so go. And it I wasn't imagine. like they didn't fight. They were fighting the entire practice anyway. Yeah, and we can't protect our quarterback. Let's cancel practice. <laughs> That's not what we're it gonna is. Get you said it. You said it, Kyle. Right. I thought there was a handshake agreement in place for two yeah. joint practices. <laughs> you know what? Eh, we're just going to be out. I we saw know. enough of Vita Vea. We're not going to practice mm-hmm. against the guys. Coming up. Kyrie Kill. This is what is taking a page out of Johnny Menzel's playbook. That's a real leap. Johnny Mills doesn't watch film. Apparently, Tyreek doesn't either. Did you watch the watching film? Did you watch the Johnny Menzel doc? I did. Heavily flawed. Heavily flawed. Entertaining, but flawed. Cliff Kingsbury tried to save the thing. We love you, Cliff. After this, Tyreek doesn't watch film. Do you care? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Two of the preseason is just getting started on NFL Network. Uh, we've got Panthers Giants tonight, then a Saturday. Check it. Quadruple header Saints Chargers on Sunday night to wrap up your weekend. We will have all the coverage come Monday here on Good Morning Football. But until then, enjoy all the preseason action on NFL Network. Let's stick with Dolphins Texans, though, tomorrow. Tyreek Hill gave us some insight yesterday on his game preparation and just how deep he goes. Believe this or not, I don't watch no film, bro. Like, I just know the game of football inside out. Like, I've, I've been playing this game since I was a kid, since I was, like, five, six. And I grew up in a football household. So, plus my dad was a coach. 
You feel me? So I know every defense. I know every defensive line, what they doing. Like, I know, I know everything, you know. The safety's going to tell the story. I know all of it. And when I, when I first came into the league, obviously I was athletic. Obviously, you know, I had the ability to make plays. But the next step is being able to, you know, recognize coverages, being able to understand a DB's leverage and what certain releases you need to use. So I've, I've, I've been all about that. And I'm getting the young guys on that too, though, whether it's Waddle, whether it's, you know, other guys in our room. You feel me? I just find it so ironic that the son of a coach proclaims in the NFL that he does not watch film. Jason, what'd you make of uh, Tyreek's comments There's yesterday? different versions of greatness. Uh, as, a, as a rookie on the show last year, I watched two veterans. <laughs> different approaches, but still great at what you do. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter how you do it. It's can you get to the same conclusion. Cool plays, bro. Angry runs. Sure. Wildly different segments, both successful. For Tyreek Hill, his greatness is different from another guy. Yesterday, we watched a guy like Cooper Cup mm-hmm. break down an entire defense. I want everybody to listen to Cooper Cup okay. talk about defensive football and how it all works. Yeah, they said a little three deep fire zone, brought the nickel off the edge, safety dropped down. It didn't look like they were doing a replacement fire zone, so I knew at the back away we were going to get three pushing through. I had an opportunity to kind of run in there if I could beat my guy and just had to beat the safety to the end zone. Mm. <laughs> Cooper's not breaking down the offensive play of what they did. He is inside a defensive back's meeting room teaching them how to play a fire zone defense. Doesn't matter what he said to specifics, but he's watching a ton of film to know exactly what the defense is doing. That doesn't mean Tyreek Hill is less of a guy because he's deciding not to watch film. You know what? God blesses us all in different ways. Tyreek Hill was blessed to have an abundance of speed. You cannot teach that no matter how much film you watch. It is not going to change. For Tyreek Hill, I have a plan, and the person across from me has a plan, but plans change when you're punched in the face. And for Tyreek Hill, when I release off the line and I'm running 60 miles per hour, it is hard to keep up. For him, he's like, I don't need to watch that film. I watch what the safety does, and I go Mm -hmm. run my route. Mm -hmm. For Cooper Cup, totally different skill set that he's blessed with. Me knowing what the guy across from me is going to do is what allows me to be great. Two different athletes, both wildly successful in different ways. It's great stuff to see how they come to it. I would also add this. When Tyreek Hill got in the league, I think he was a running back out of West Alabama, Mm -hmm. fifth-round pick, coming in as a running back. I specifically remember when he was starting to make big plays as a rookie, asking the folks in Kansas City, and they're like, there are very few people we've ever seen pick up the new position like this guy is. He was a running Mm. back. Learned wide receiver and instantly became one of the best in the league. So this guy might be – we laugh, we look, we roll our eyes. This guy might just have a cerebral level that is different than everyone else where he sees football in a different way, and if that's the case, God bless him. Yeah. And you watch a ton of film throughout the day in a meeting room. So I think what he's saying is when I go home, like – I'm playing Madden. I'm enjoying my time. I've already watched. I've been in the building Mm. for seven hours today. We've already watched every defensive snap that they've done, so I'm good on it. There was a clip of Keenan Allen making a crazy catch yesterday in practice, and Tyreek retweeted. He's like, Keenan's always been the man, but he's trash at Fortnite. (laughs) That was his take. I don't personally care that Tyreek Hill doesn't watch film. I think in the media, though, saying I don't watch film is a very loaded phrase. It's just like being at a party and be like, yeah, I don't vote. And you're like, what? Like, people get triggered by that. Like, that's your right to not vote and it's your right to not watch film, but people have real feelings about that. The problem is, is that if Tyree plays in a big game for the Dolphins and, heaven forbid, like, looks a little lost on a route or runs the wrong pattern, then people bring that back up. But, like, to your point, he came in as the track star running back and then, like, mastered the position. Wouldn't it make him slightly better, though, if he did watch a little tape? Like, maybe it would. Maybe he would be even better than he is now. Who's to say? The results are... 
there. I know he already got paid, but I'm sure Kyler Murray is like, dude, don't say that. Just don't say it. Just, mm. just it doesn't make you any better or cooler. See, not a or quarterback position and a receiver right. position. But, you know, just, just don't say <laughs> yeah. it. I don't understand the benefit of, of proclaiming that. Whatever. Dolphins, Texans, uh, they've been holding joint practices this week ahead of tomorrow's game. Mike McDaniel's gotten a good look at C.J. Straub. Here's what he had to say about the Texans' rookie quarterback yesterday. I think he uh, is a very natural thrower that has a unique gift of ball placement. He looks the part to me with the way he throws the ball, and you, you can tell that he has a aura of confidence that's exciting to see from a player. All right, he looks the part, according to the Dolphins head coach. We've seen Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson, both named already week one starters for their respective teams, yet the Texans have not done so for C.J. Stroud yet. Guys, question, is there a competitive advantage, anything to be gained from not naming Stroud the Texans QB1 just yet? I don't see it. I feel like at this point, you know, this guy was number two overall pick. We're getting great, great reviews. We know Davis Mills is there. We've seen him for two years. They haven't been a winning team. Davis Mills is a solid backup in the league, and you got to go with the number two overall pick. To me, I think after this game, I think it's quite okay for D'Amico Ryan to say we're starting C.J. Stroud. Give him that ability to be the guy and let everyone in that local market know. We saw with Anthony Richardson, we saw obviously Bryce Young's going to start out of the gates. He's got Andy Dalton behind him. So, I, I don't know. To me and Jason... You could speak much more on game planning. Do you think anyone, their week one opponent, is is watching Davis Mills film and saying, just in case, we need to know exactly what he's got under his I don't think so. And that week one opponent is the Baltimore Ravens. And no, they're not watching Davis Mills film. I think for each team is different. We talked about Anthony Richardson and we mentioned Bryce Young. Both of those guys, Gardner Minshew, Andy Dalton, they were guys that were brought into the team and both were experienced veterans. We've watched two years of Davis Mills for the Houston Texans and then you drafted C.J. Stroud second overall. We all know C.J. C.J. Stroud is going to be the starting quarterback week one. So I don't think in this situation there's any advantage. Everybody knows he's going to be the guy, and the Baltimore Ravens are preparing to see C.J. Stroud. I don't think this is one where, like, well, I think we may get Davis. Like, no, we're not anticipating that. I want to talk about Mike McDaniel. Yeah. You just watched that Please clip do. of him talking about it. and So I'm going to pull the curtain back. Over the last couple of weeks, we've run a bunch of Mike McDaniel clips from press conferences because he's really unique and mm-hmm. he's really smart. And while we're watching him, we start having conversations about he's so different sounding just from every other football coach you've ever heard. As the Dolphins now go into year two of Mike McDaniel and you're in meeting after meeting after meeting, <laughs> does that wear you down? Like that whole Napoleon dynamite thing that he does, which is really fun for us in 20 Second mm-hmm. Bites, I wonder as a player if you're like, Oh, man, like I'm, this is driving me a little bit crazy. And I've thought about it, and I, I, especially I want to hear your thoughts, Jay. I think it's different, and I think yeah. it's good because when the t- time you get to the NFL, you've had so many coaches all the way back to junior high and high school and college and probably in the NFL, and they all talk exactly the same. They all sound like Joey Molinero, like doing an impression. <laughs> yeah. I think it might be refreshing and invigorating to have someone who's that smart, even though he talks that eccentrically. But... I don't know. Maybe it is annoying. It's just it's just something that occurred to me. It's so fun to think about because you have Mike McDaniel on one side and you have a guy like Dan Campbell on the other yeah. side. And I hear both of those guys, and I've been around Mike, and I've gone to Miami, and every time I'm around him, I walk away, I'm like, this guy's just you know, awesome. I don't know if I want to hear it every day. Every uh-huh. time I, I see Dan Campbell and you see a clip, I'm like, yeah, I would awesome. love to play for this guy. I was like, I don't know if I want to hear it every day. I don't know if I want a Metallica reference every, every single day. day. So it does yeah. seem like it who, could. Who is the least verbose of your coaches, where you were kind of like, God, he doesn't say, he hasn't go on and on do pep talk. Is there a guy you've had that's just like, here it is. Cut I to coach. the chase. Cut to the chase. Mike Munchak was like that. Offensive lineman, <laughs> offensive coach. <laughs> he wasn't looking. 
talking coach. to – He's coming in there 10 minutes. Hey, there's a schedule for the day, guys. Like, let's get to it. This is what we got to do, blah, blah. See you later. Belichick, Bill would be in there for an hour and 20 minutes. And yeah. Some days you'd be back there and it'd be a snoozer. Like, the film's on, hood's on. You're just like – Oh, <laughs> my we God. Meetings over. So it's just like it's different coaches just to depend upon the day. And you Did you ever it. fall asleep during Bill Belichick meetings? You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 